And uh, just quick reminders, today after service, we have our first uh, Easter production meeting. We'll be in the chapel. I won't have you very long in there, probably about 20 minutes uh, at the most. So if you'll meet me in the chapel after service today for that. Also on the men's breakfast, uh, we have a special speaker. Troy Vest will be speaking for us there. So you're going to enjoy that. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, you look so good today. I noticed some of you hesitated on that. Let's try that again. If you, I mean, just take it by faith if you can't do it by anything else. <laughs> I want to uh, share a message today out of uh, the book of Leviticus. And several years ago, there was a song that came out that uh, it, it's one of those old favorites, and it said, shackled by a heavy burden, neath a load of guilt and shame, then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. And the refrain was what? He touched me. And so today I want to speak for just a few moments on he touched me. Let's just pray together, can we? Father, we're so thankful for the presence that we felt in this building. Lord, I'm so glad that we're able to gather together and you participate with us. It's hard for me, God, to fathom going someplace to worship you where it feels like stone walls and brass ceilings. I'm so thankful that you interact with us that we're not worshiping statues or idols or, Father, myths and legends, but a living, breathing God that stepped into our world. I ask today that you step into our hearts, and I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You have your Bibles. Go with me to the book of Leviticus, the 13th chapter starting with verse 45. It says, And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, Unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Would you say that with me? Alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. <clears throat> when God gave the law to Moses concerning the leper, there were specific things that were required underneath that law. The scripture that I read to you was the end result if the leprosy is confirmed, that he was put outside the camp, that he would dwell alone, that he would no longer have any human contact in his life. The unique thing is, and sometimes we forget, is that in the Old Testament, leprosy was symbolic of sin. Now, let me tie this in for you so you understand this, because the word here where it says leper, the word there in Hebrew is a word that is tasara, 
and it means to scourge. That is to be stricken with leprosy. Now let me give you the definition for the word scourge, and I want you to hear this closely. To punish with severity, to chastise, to afflict for sins or faults with the purpose of correction. Nobody really got that or you'd be bouncing off the walls right now. (laughs) What are you talking about? Because what he did was he, sin cannot go unpunished. And so when it talks about the leper that being symbolic of sin, the idea of putting him outside the camp, the separation, is how many of you know that unless you know you're wrong, you don't do anything to change it? And so there comes a time in our lives where God's got to get our attention so we can see that we're wrong because sin, my friend, will separate you from God for an eternity. And he does not want to spend eternity without you. And so he... He, he brings chastisement, he brings correction, not for the purpose of destruction, but for the purpose of correction. Somebody say, correct my course. How many of you got a GPS? Don't you just, now my phone is the GPS. Siri, don't you love her? And all of a sudden, you know, you, you've got her on and, and she's navigating you. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you miss it. And she says, recalculating, recalculate. Well, actually, Siri doesn't say that. The old Garmin used to say that, recalculating. Siri looks up at you and says, you dummy, you passed your exit. <laughs> Mine's been personalized. <laughs> So there's someone to correct our course immediately. How many of you have ever gotten, how many of you remember the days, some of you aren't old enough to know this, but how many of you remember the days when Siri did not exist? When there was no Garmin and you just kept going. And then all of a sudden after a while, how many of you have ever gone more than 10 miles out of your way? Look at the hands. How many of you have ever gone? Now, I'm talking about, now remember, this isn't just one way. We're talking about you got to turn around and go back where you needed to turn. How many of you have ever gone more than 25 miles out of your way? Ooh, look, look around, look around. How many of you have ever gone more than 50 miles out of your way? I always told my wife, well, I'm just taking the scenic route, honey. I just, you know, there's some things I wouldn't have been able to, See if we hadn't messed up, like heartbreak and heartache. Those are along the scenic route of our spiritual walk when we get it wrong. Everybody say, when we get it wrong. And so this leprosy was intended to be a purpose of correction, not a symbol of destruction. Well, surely that doesn't happen in the New Testament. I mean, that was an Old Testament thing. Well, take a look at Hebrews 12 and 6. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges, scourges every son whom he receives. In the Amplified, it reads this way, for the Lord disciplines and corrects those whom he loves and he punishes every son whom 
whom he receives and welcomes to his heart. You remember that passage in the Old Testament where it said that he chastises those that he loves, his son. Those that aren't his sons are without correction. Do you find it odd? Do you ever pray, God, rebuke me? Have you ever prayed that prayer? I have. Why would you pray that? Because I wanted to make sure I was still a son. I've prayed to God before and said, God, if I get off the path, please rebuke me. Correct me, God. Chasten me. Because life is too important for me. I'd, I'd rather swallow my pride in front of you and make it to heaven than to maintain my pride and try and hold up my composure and then end up missing out with God. I mean, how, how important is it to you? How many of you have ever met somebody that they needed to be right no matter what? They needed to be right. Marie, are you in the building today? Where are you at? Marie? Taylor, are you here? She's not here? Boy, if she was, I'd have a story to tell. I, I won't. We were, Marie's been, been taking me, you know, we've been, we've been doing this uh, CDL thing, you know, the instruction and all this, and I didn't realize that to get a CDL now, you have to do more than just drive. You have to be able to put the engine together, <laughs> take the body apart, Refashion. Honest to goodness, man, I'm, I'm just going to up and tell you. I, I went to take my test. I, I didn't make it. The lady stopped me, and I said, well, what, what was the problem? We were doing the pretest. She said, you did not point out the bolt that the seats are fastened to in the floor. You, and I'm looking at her. I'm thinking, okay, am I on candid camera? <laughs> she said, you did not. I, I opened the, the driver's door and I said the driver's door is securely fastened it's in place and everything is sealed off as it should be and she looked at it and she said you did not point out the hinges that connect the door to the vehicle and you did not point out the latch I didn't know I was dealing with the unintelligible I mean, when I go back in, I've just made up my mind. I'm going to say this car started out as a piece of metal. They fashioned it, brought it off the assembly line, assembled these pieces together. This door is connected by glass. There's rubber around the seal. Please note that it's not cracked, split, or spliced anywhere. That the Honest to goodness, she pointed out, because I didn't say, I, I, said, I said that the glass is intact. It's not uh, damaged or broken in any way. She said, I don't know what damaged means. It means broke, lady. She said, you did not say it was not chipped. I got to get back in my message. I'm, 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 feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a different spirit coming over me right now. Everybody say, he touched me. And I needed his touch after that, I'm telling you. But anyway, Marie and I had been out, and we'd been, we'd been, you know, we were driving, 
And so the shuttle, and she was taking me around, and we were getting ready down there on, uh, what is that? Walnut, yeah. We're going to turn left on Walnut, and she, so she's saying, Pastor, you need to be in the other lane. And I, I said, Marie, I said, no, this lane. Remember this lane. I said, because you have to be in the outer lane to make the turn. You know, you have to be, if you're making a left-hand turn, you can't turn. If there's two lanes, you have to be in the outer lane as a bus driver. You cannot take the inside lane. It's against the law. You have to be in the outer lane. I told her, I said, Marie, I said, I, I've got to be in this outer lane, you know, and this goes to the outer lane. She said, okay. I said, no, I, Marie, remember, you know, I, we, we did this last time. Remember, I said, I'll give you steak dinner if I'm not right. I owe Marie a steak dinner. She got down there and she said, you telling me I've been driving this bus for 20 years and you're trying to tell me which lane you're supposed to be in? <laughs> Everybody say, just admit it. You were wrong. Some of us struggle with that, but I found out that to be able to say, forgive me, I was wrong. Thank you for helping me out here. <laughs> she said. My wife's down there. You remember this routine. I'm sorry. Huh? You were wrong. Oh, I was wrong. Okay. I'm sorry I was wrong. Please forgive me. But see, what happens is we let that stuff build up and we don't, we don't deal with it. And before you say, well, you know, leprosy, that doesn't happen. No, but let me tell you what does happen now. That when you let stuff build up, you can get bitterness in your heart. And do you know that bitterness causes cancer? It's not the only thing that causes it, but they've proven medically that bitterness can cause cancer. I'm telling you, life is too short to, to allow all those things to begin to try and get on you. you got to shake them off. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, just shake it off. We can't afford to let it get in our spirit. We have to move forward. In the New Testament, there's a story of a leper in Matthew, the 8th chapter. Because I know what the Old Testament requirements are, I have some type of an insight on what this man went through. I can see him get up one day as he begins to look at a blemish on his arm and you know he just kind of rubs over it and says, I want what that is, and he goes on about his day. But after a week goes by, that blemish hasn't left, and it's starting to get bigger, and he's starting to worry a little bit. If you ever felt something in your body that didn't used to be there? And all of a sudden, what happens? Fear tries to grab hold. And sometimes what we do is we just push stuff off. And we say, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, until all of a sudden now it's become so predominant in our face that we have to deal with it. I'm telling you, the quicker you take it to God, the better off you're going to be. So he kept dealing with it. Now, he knew what the law said. The law said that he was going to have to sh go and show himself to a priest. And when the, the, when the, let me just read to you what the law says. If the hair in the affected area has turned white and it looks like it's more than skin deep, the priest must pronounce him unclean. 
But if the hair has not turned white and the skin has only a white discoloration and it doesn't look like it's more than skin deep, he has to be quarantined for seven days. At the end of that seven days, the priest comes in once again, views the area, and if it has not spread, then he, he holds him another seven days, so he's quarantined for a total of 14 days. And if it hasn't spread, they're able to pronounce him clean. But if it spreads and the hair turns white and it's deep in the skin and it's an open sore, that man is pronounced unclean. His dwelling shall be what? Alone. And outside the camp is where he's going to stay. Can you imagine the day that he finally looked at it and realized this is bigger than I am? I can't handle this on my own. I'm jeopardizing my family. I'm See, we act like our actions don't affect anyone but us. And my friend, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Our actions don't just affect us. They affect our families. They affect our friends. How many of you have ever seen a child's heart broken over an action a parent took? I'm not talking about a child crying because you won't let them have more candy. I'm talking about a child standing in the yard screaming, Mama, don't go. But Mama's so bent on becoming a superstar that she drives off and leaves her husband and two children behind. And it never worked out, her being a superstar. I'm not making this up, friend. She destroyed her family because she wasn't willing to deal with her ego. Sometimes we're destroying ourselves and we don't even realize we're doing it. When all of a sudden something that you have, that's why we have overcomers. How many times have we seen people that were all of a sudden something that they have to have is destroying everything that they do have. You say, well, pastor, well, I mean, that's a bad thing. That's why we have a class so that people can come together and find out it doesn't have to be that way. God never intended for our destruction. He wants our correction. The day that it got too big for him to handle... And he looked at it and he thought, man, I've got to go to the priest. I've got to go get this checked out. And he goes to the priest and he has to tell his wife goodbye from a distance. Because this could be contagious. What I'm going through could get on you if I'm not careful. What I'm experiencing could end up affecting you if I don't deal with it. And so he has to walk away from a wife and telling her, I'm sure it's nothing, you know, and, and I'll be back soon. It'll be all right. And when the priest examines it, uh, instead of letting him go, he quarantines him for seven days. Can you imagine what's going through his mind? What he's thinking, dear God, don't let this be what I think it is. Lord, you've got to restore me, restore my, my family, restore me. God, I don't want this to happen. And sometimes we wait until we've waited a little too late. And it's become bigger than we can handle on our own. 
And he goes back after that first seven days, quarantines him another seven days. And he watches every day and he's getting up. You know he's got to be praying, God, please help me. And he sees that hair turn white. And all of a sudden, the sore begins to ooze. And before the priest even comes in, he knows what the verdict is. Unclean, unclean. You're unclean. He never got to kiss his wife goodbye. Never got to hug his child. And he is forced outside of the camp. His habitation and dwelling is alone. Have you ever been alone before? I mean, even when, even when you're, you're just your family's off someplace on, on a trip or and you're alone. And you hear every noise. You hear every sound. And you begin to feel like walls are closing in on you because you're alone. This man's hopes seem dashed. His dreams seem gone. I don't know how many years he dwelt outside of that city. I don't know how many years he'd been separated. But one day he sees Jesus and the day that he sees Jesus, he knows, I've got to get to him. The Bible said that there was a crowd that had gathered around Christ. Amen. And that man's got a choice. He can either let his pride keep him away from Christ and suffer with what he's been suffering, or he can forget all about his shame and his pride and make himself known. Amen. And he knows that if I go to bed without an encounter, I'm going to wake up the same way tomorrow. So what he does is he allows what's wrong with him to become the catalyst to get him in front of the presence of Jesus. When he starts yelling, unclean, unclean, I'm unclean. And every one of those people started running the opposite direction. There's only one man in the crowd that didn't run that day. And he's the same one that can rescue us. He's the same one that can set us free. He's the same one who's opened up his arms and said anyone who will let him come unto me I'll give him rest Jesus is standing waiting years ago there was a friend of mine his name was Savell Phillips he was a missionary he used to translate scriptures into newfound languages so people would have Bibles and he was in Calcutta India and in India and Calcutta they they run they they it's it's such a devastating place that every day a truck drives by to collect the dead that didn't make it the night before. And they just like collecting garbage. And how many of you know that people are not garbage? Amen. But they run those trucks through the streets and grab those bodies and toss them in. He was in a taxi and Calcutta's very, the traffic is, is, is just congested. You can't hardly get around. And all of a sudden, they notice a bell, an American in a taxi cab, and children started to swarm that cab. And the drivers and his 
interpreter said, roll your window up, quick, roll your window up. We'll never get out of here. He cranks his window up, and, and all those children have their face pressed against the window, and they're looking in, and, and, and it, he's stuck in traffic. The sun is hot, high in the sky, and it keeps getting hotter and hotter inside the cab until finally Savelle couldn't take it anymore, and he cranks the window down a little bit, and all of a sudden there's a young child that has managed to press his way into the front, and Savelle sees him, and the child is missing an arm, and all he has is a little nub, and he takes that nub and presses it against the window, and as they're telling him, row your window up, row your window up, the little boy yelled at him and said, Please, mister, love me. Please, mister, love me. What was he doing? He was saying, I'm tired of being alone. I know you can help me if you will, but I need you to love me. The young boy knew the American was able. But the question was, would he? It's the story of the leper. He comes out of the mountain until he's face to face with Christ. And in that moment, he looks at him and he sees something more than a man. And he says, faith wells up in his soul. And he says, if you will, you can make me clean. But fear was screaming in his ear. The fear that he'd experienced all these years, rejection, turned away from his family, turned away from his friends, turned away from his neighbors, turned away by the community. When he was put outside the camp, people coming and going made sure to stay away from him. He tried to steal a glimpse of his family over the wall, but he could not connect with them. He could not touch them. He could not commune with them. He'd been rejected for so long that rejection had become a way of life for him. And so he can't even bring himself to believe that this man in front of him might, just might not reject him. If you will, you can make me clean. Sometimes you just got to take a chance on Jesus. Sometimes you just got to push your way through the crowd. You've got to quit hiding what's wrong with you because it was what was wrong with him that got him into the presence of Christ. When he gets there, I want you to take note of how the scripture reads. Matthew 8, 1 and 2, he said, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him and be." Hold, a leper came and worshipped him. Didn't accuse him, didn't blame him, but worshipped him. Everybody say worshipped him. Sometimes we get so upset with God because of what we're going through, we forget the way out of what we're going through is worship. We accuse God, we blame God, we challenge God, but we forget to worship God. How come me? Here's a question for you. Why not you? 
I mean, think about it. The Bible said it rains on the just and the unjust. It's just God's mercy that we all haven't been where the leper's at. He worshiped him. And he looked at him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He just needed to know someone cared. He needed to have his faith raise him up above his fears. Listen to this in verse 3. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him. James, come here a second. (laughs) He said, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus doesn't look at him and, and command lightning to fall. He doesn't command thunder to clap. He doesn't look at the man and say, according to my word. The Bible said the first thing he did was touch him. (laughs) I wonder what that touch felt like. Someone that hadn't been touched in years. You got to get a hold of this, though, because the word touch is more than just reaching out a hand and putting it on someone. The word touch there in Greek means to join yourself, attach yourself. So when he touched him, Christ attached himself to his pain. He attached himself to his situation. He attached himself to his suffering. That's why Hebrews said we need to come boldly before the throne of grace because we've got a high priest that's attached himself to us. We have someone that knows what it is to suffer. He's felt what we felt. He understands it, but he got through it without giving up. He got through it without sin. He touched him, and when he attached himself, something inside that man's heart got healed before his body ever got healed. Before the leprosy was ever gone, the feeling of abandonment was gone. Before the leprosy was ever cleansed, the feeling of being alone was gone. He knew he was not alone anymore. And what does Jesus do? He touched him, and he said, I'm willing. And now his faith knows it because he feels Christ attached to him. And he said, I am willing. Be thou clean. Wonder what his response was when he started looking at his arms. Wow, you be Jesus a minute. You just going to look at me, Jesus, or you going to help me out? (laughs) So he He tells him, he says, I will will. be clean. The way you're holding your hand, I thought we were getting married for a second. Okay. (laughs) Are you ready? Say it one more time. I will will. be thou made clean. And he comes back and he starts looking. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) He starts looking. And before... His eyes, like Moses in the wilderness that had inserted his hand in his bosom and had pulled it out and saw it leprous. But when he put it back, he pulled it out and it was clean. He watched his flesh begin to be made whole. 
Jesus doesn't separate him from the law because he didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. And he said, now you go show yourself to the priest. <laughs> and you give the offering that, that Moses commanded. And he goes to the priest and the priest pronounces him clean. And you know what's on his mind, don't you? I hadn't hugged her in a long time. I've watched her from a distance. I've, I've peered over the wall and saw her. I've, I've dreamed of her embrace at night, but I haven't held her. When he walks in, she's in the kitchen doing dishes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> she, he sneaks up behind her. Puts his hand on her and she turns. <laughs> and he falls dead with a heart attack. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. He picks her up. <laughs> I'll see y'all later. <laughs> no, okay. He, he picks her up, begins to. I could have worked that out a lot better if she had something else. <laughs> she, and, and begins to feel wholeness again. Everybody go ahead and laugh. <laughs> See, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. When's the last time you were able to laugh at your dilemma? When's the last time you were able to look and say, <laughs> you know what? God's bigger than what I'm going through. God's bigger than what I'm facing. So I, I choose to trust God. Doc said, don't you hear what I'm telling you? I heard you, doctor. But you're not the last voice concerning my life. There's another report that I choose to believe. Call it silly. Call it naive. But I'm going to choose to believe the report of the Lord. Lisa... When you believed the report of the Lord, how'd that work out? Amen. You understand, I don't know if you've read her post, but God's already gone to work in Lisa's life. Everything they told her, and they, were, they had one foot in the grave, basically. She decided to pull it out of the grave and stand on the word. <laughs> And she's still standing on the word. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what your challenge is. I, I think about Hebrews, what the writer says to us there, and in the message it captures it in a unique way. He says, now that we know what we have, would you say that with me? Now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. Don't let your relationship slip away from you when you face tragic, when you tr face trial. He said, we don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality 
He's been through our weakness and testing, experienced all but the sin. So let's walk upright, let's walk right up to him and get what he is ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. He said, I will. <laughs> oh, no, no, you didn't hear me. I said, he said, I will. Come on, say it with me. I will. Jesus said, I will. <laughs> he didn't just pray for him. He attached himself to him. All because he said, I will. So here's my question for you today. Are you ready to run to him? Are you ready for him to restore your health, your finances, your family? You're going to have to push your way through the crowd today. Jeannie talked about that scripture in Mark. He preached the word to the multitude. They had to press through. When his word becomes valuable to us, when his word becomes meaningful to us, when it's more than just a book, well, what is it? Well, the scripture said that in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And it goes on to tell us in John that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Everybody say it with me. He is the word. So when he spoke, that was creative power. That was a creative force. When he speaks concerning your situation, your situation has to change. So this is what I'm asking you to do. Don't hide what's wrong. That's what gets you into his presence. Just stand up and come running today because you know he can and now you know he will. Right now, if you've got a situation right now, come running up here. Prayer partners, come on, you can help. Come running. No, no, don't, don't come walking up here. Come running up here. If, if, if you know, if you believe that he is who he says he is, this isn't about me. This is all about him. What are you doing? I'm just bringing his word. It's not my word. It's his word. I'm telling you what he said he would do. I happen to believe that he'll do what he said he'll do. How many of you believe that with me today? He'll do what he said he would do. Pastor, you don't understand what I've got. Maybe you don't understand what you got. What you got is Jesus. <laughs> Come on, somebody say it with me, Jesus. I got Jesus and that's enough. <laughs> Say it one more time. I've got Jesus. Are you ready for Jesus to intervene in your situation? Are you, now look, when I pray for you, I'm, what I'm believing God to do is to attach himself. Let me have some ushers up here. I believe that God's going to attach himself to you. That's what Jesus did. He touched him and it was attaching himself. So he entered in to that man's pain. He entered into his dilemma. He was no longer standing alone, but God was standing with him. And God, there, listen, there's no, there, there is no mountain that's so high that God can't cross. 
There's no valley that's so deep that he can't navigate. There's no darkness that is so dense that he can't penetrate. So you've just got to raise your hands and say, if you will, I know you can. But today, I found out you will. So I believe it right now. Come on, somebody say it with me right now, right now, right now, in the. Right now. Glory to God. Come on, stretch your hands to heaven. Look, church, just, if you would just stand with me and let's love Him together right now. Come on, raise your hands. It, Extend your hand this way. Stretch your faith this way today. I believe that God's doing some miracles. How about you? I believe God's opening up some things. How about you? Stretch your hands to heaven with me. anything he talked about he said I had absolutely nothing he said but when he came everything changed why because Jesus said I will <laughs> when you give it to him he said I will so now he's a businessman <laughs> now he's not just he's not just getting by he's prospering the Bible said that he wants us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Stretch those hands to heaven. Father, I thank you, God, for what you want for us. There is none like you. Stretch those hands to heaven. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're able to oil his joints, God. You're able, Father, Lord, to break, God, that 
going out here and going oh my goodness what in the world happened in that church today look the Bible said that no man can see God and live the idea that when God touches you nothing is going to happen didn't originate from his word you have to understand that God is big enough to do whatever he wants to do now when I pray for folks I'm not looking for a manifestation I'm looking for him and however he shows up is all right with me so some people may cry some people may laugh some people may tremble and some people may fall I, that's not the issue the issue is that you open your heart and say God I know you will I know you will I know you will and I'm gonna stand on that promise he will he will we've been praying for the the circle of prayer for God's Spirit to lead us, for Him to empower us, and Him to set us free from debt. And I've been going further and asking Him to set us free from whatever it is that holds us. Whether it's physical, financial, emotional, God is able. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, He's able. The question is, is will you let Him? That leper could have stayed at a distance and just observed Jesus which if I'm going to be truthful, that's what I did for a long time. I went to church and just watched it going on. And go back home and talk to my brothers and say, man, you really showed out tonight. I had a brother danced all over the floor. He said, one of these days that's gonna get on you. I said, uh-uh, <laughs> not me. You give me a hanky, I'm fine. I don't, I, don't, I don't do that stuff. Don't tell God what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. One night in the service, all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord came over me. Man, my legs started feeling like there was needles in them. I was sitting there trying to hang on. All of a sudden that brother that I'd been making fun of came over and grabbed my legs, grabbed hold of my ankles and said, loose him, Lord. I chased my legs for about five minutes. They, they went to that side, and I was saying, what's going on? They started going to that side. And if we would quit worrying so much about what we look like and just start opening our heart and saying, God, have your way. Whatever it is, God, I receive you. 
And look, wherever you're at today, whether you're up here or whether you're in your seat, all it takes is you raising your hands and saying, here I am, God. I know you can. Today, I believe you will. And grab hold of him and refuse to let go. You're going to find God begin to change the course of your life. Well, what if it doesn't happen right now? I know he will. But what if it doesn't happen in the next 25 minutes? I know he will. I prayed for a lady in St. Louis one day. I, I, I called her up and I said, ma'am, I said, you've been really troubled and tormented in your mind. And I said, God wants to set you free. She looked at me in front of God and everybody and said, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. She said, I feel great. Everything's wonderful. I looked at her. I said, well, I want to pray for you anyway. After the church was over, they came to me and told me that woman had just got out of a mental institution and she'd been full of anxiety. But I'm telling you, the devil will get right up in your face and try and cause you to doubt God. If he said it, you got to stand on it. If he said it, you need to declare it, regardless of what's happening around you. Just believe it. Lady came in and she had, she, she, I don't know what was wrong with her eyes, she couldn't see. We prayed, no lightning, no thunder, she still couldn't see. But on the way home, she said, Mama, I feel like a burning in my eyes. She said, it feels like when they gave me that laser surgery. And by the time the afternoon was over, she could see again. My friend, God heals on his time. You ready? You're tired of that? Stretch your hand right here, right now. Look at me. This isn't just about you. I see a host of people around you, and man, it's like walls coming in. How many, how'd you like God to visit your house? You want Him to do some remodeling? Hold those hands up and say, God. Fix it. <laughs> I don't know what those shows are called, where they come in and they remodel and all that. All I know is they don't have to pay anything. <laughs> How many of you glad that whom the sun set free is mm, Fix it, God. Fix it in Jesus' name. Sing it. The mountains shake before you. to heaven and love him with me for just a second, would you? He's a great physician, isn't he? You don't have to stand up. Just... They said that she needs surgery, but they're too afraid to do it.
can I tell you, God's not afraid. <laughs> God can operate right here, right now. How many of you believe that? Stretch your hands to heaven with me. Right here. Right there. God grant it. Operate on her. In Jesus' name. All the way through. The mountains shake before you. The demons run and situation dictate to us anymore we say God I know what everybody said but I still believe you're able I love the fact that he looked at that man and he attached himself to the situation today God's attaching himself to you he will <laughs> come on stretch those hands to heaven with me are you ready Father I thank you
February 13th will be 40 days of circling. We've seen God already start doing what we've asked. Keep circling. Keep circling. We've asked God for His Spirit and His power to be manifest in our presence. If something doesn't happen the way you want it to happen, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten you. It means He has a better plan than you. If God had given me everything I'd ever asked for, I'd be in a mess right now. Just, I think it was this past week that we, was the anniversary of the Space Shuttle Challenger. Well, a lot of people, everybody knows the outcome of that. What a lot of people were not aware of is that one of the teachers that were in the contending for that had his church praying for him and seeking God for him. And when it was announced that he did not get the position, he was disappointed with God. And he stood out on that platform being one of the final contendees he stood out on that platform when the space challenger went up and it disintegrated and he realized that God had answered prayer in ways he could never hope to comprehend you stretch your faith to heaven with me today father we come to you thanking you father for what you've done in this place today circling the promise standing on the authority of your word allowing our bodies to experience healing hope and encouragement declaring with our mouth that you're more than enough standing in the gap and making up the hedge if fear knocks on our door we'll allow our faith to answer so we will never ever become a victim again we thank you for it today. We pray your blessing over this house, over our families, and over this entire community, our nation, our state, our world. Pour out your spirit and let us lead the way in Jesus' name. Come on and give me a hand clap of praise in here today. God bless you. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Don't forget the meeting in the chapel.